0: Talk about VIP treatment. We're sitting there. People are looking like, who, who are these people? How did they get in? I was there a group of whatever it was, 14 or 15 people in there having fun, drinking with the chef. Like, you know, you feel like a rock star because <laughs> it's, it, it, how can that happen?
1: This is the final call. Is...
0: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. Episode 220. There are over a hundred sushi restaurants in Tel Aviv, meaning it has the third most sushi restaurants per capita of any city in the world. Can you guess the first two? All right, it's pretty easy. New York and Tokyo. On this latest trip to Israel, I was with a group of eight other travel bloggers, and we went all over Israel, from north to south, east to west, and a lot of people brought a lot of luggage because the climates changed down in the desert all the way up into the mountains, and so people were lugging around big suitcases and things like that, but I had just one piece of luggage with me. That was my Tortuga backpack. Everyone was astounded that for 10 days in Israel, all I needed was one carry-on backpack, and that is because the Tortuga is the perfect size for any of your travel needs whether you're going to israel for 10 days you're going anywhere else in the world i highly recommend checking out the tortuga backpack it's big enough to fit everything you need small enough to be compact fit on the planes and take you anywhere that you need to go so if you're looking for a good travel backpack head on over to tortugabackpacks.com and don't forget to use the promo code epop that's e-p-o-p all capital letters because that will get you 10 percent off your entire order And just an FYI, make sure to stick around to the end of this podcast because we've got another special offer from another great partner of ours, and you're going to hear about all that right now in this podcast.
1: One, two, three. two, three, four, I'll show you Paris
0: We don't have
2: to worry
0: because we're going Hello travel nerds and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and we've got a very special episode for everyone today for a few reasons. One, I've never recorded this full of hummus before, but as you're gonna find out, this is par for the course with the people we'll be talking to today. Also, we're going to be recording kind of on the streets here in Tel Aviv. No special microphones, nothing like that. We want you to be transported to Tel Aviv. Hear the sounds of Tel Aviv, the water, the cars, the people biking through, the dogs that are all over this city. So we wanna give you an immersive experience here in Tel Aviv through this podcast. And the third reason, and the most important reason, is the two people that I'm sitting here with today. People who 10 days ago I did not know, and now I can uh, safely call very, very good friends. And have given me one of my favorite travel experiences of all time, as no hyperbole. Nir and Guy, co-founders of Puzzle Israel. So guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very Thank much you very for much.
1: having Thank us. yes. We
0: also have two dogs with us. Mila would, <laughs> and Ringo. This would not be a complete podcast in Tel Aviv without the two dogs. Oh. If anyone has been to Tel Aviv, you know what we're talking about. Dogs everywhere. And I just want to start out. You guys are the co-founders of an awesome company that I've had the pleasure to be with over the last nine days here in Tel Aviv and Israel as a whole called Puzzle Israel. So just start us off. Tell us what Puzzle Israel is. What do you guys do?
2: Puzzle Israel, it's a unique travel, traveling company that base in Israel and in Chicago, that inviting people all over the world to travel in Israel as a destination, not as a holy land place, not as a place that um, a part of a huge conflict, just as a beautiful destination to travel at. Um, Of course, uh, that Israel has the religious part and the holy sites uh, and the you know all the all the stuff that uh, people are talking about in the media. Those kind of stuff are on our somewhere backstage, not in the front stage. We're inviting people to travel Israel with locals, as locals, which means to travel as Israelis. Um,
0: you eat as Israelis, as I found as Israelis, out, which means to a use, lot.
2: Exactly, to use your hands, uh, to use your sense, to feel as local as possible. Well, you travel with us, Uh, and it means to travel to the places that less travel, uh, to the places that even Israelis not necessarily know, but to mix that part with the places that every tourist wants to see uh, in a different way, which is the Jerusalem and uh, the Dead Sea or all the other people coming to Israel with... Uh, list of 25, 30 places that they say, yeah, I must go there, and we say we have our 50 must-sees, Let's mix that and spice it up together, so we'll have the most interesting uh, and creative itineraries we can we can do. What's special about the company is that is the model? Is the model that we developed during the years uh, and it's a part of traveling with friends to feel that you are hosted here and you don't just a tourist, but jumping from side to side
1: yeah I think um, the authenticity of traveling with someone that in a few hours or a day and a half you feel like you know them they know you and the relationship that we build with our clients is talking to them on the phone emailing skyping with them to know who they are who is coming who are they coming with where have they traveled around the world what do they expect from Israel? Is this their first time or their fifth time? We have all sorts of uh, travel- travelers. And then to fit them their suit of Israel, where it can be new every time. We can show them things they haven't seen before. We can show them the things that they really think they have to see in a little bit of a different way. You can see a market and just go through the stands, or you can play a scavenger hunt and find your. Uh, hey, we didn't words do that, that yet, guys. Is this later? Right, yes, right, right I, before I get on the plane. It's yeah. a scavenger yeah. We're on the way to the market <laughs> to send uh, Travis on his scavenger hunt to find his halva, um, olive oil, and some spices. So there is a, a mix of things that we can add to your experience, and I think a lot of what we do is experiencing your destination. Not only sightseeing. It's not a tour guide and a bus driver that will take you, and you'll go off on and off the bus you will be in a small van meet the people be hosted and feel hosted and I hope this is what you're going back with Travis that you felt hosted like I invited you to my backyard and you were here and Israel is our backyard like your country is your backyard yeah in, in the end of the day it's the people you met during the trip I think if you if you
2: will go back in the time 10 days ago and you will just try to count the account of people you met along the way you will realize that you met a lot of people from very uh, wide um, cultures. And uh, I think that makes, that makes the, the, the connection to the land, the people that you met and the people
0: that you talked to, the, the story you that you heard. You know, we talk a lot about authentic travel. And people say, listen to the podcast, like, well, how do I do that? Right? You know, you tell stories about having authentic travel, but, you know, how do you do it? And I tell them, well, you have to start putting yourself out there and putting, your, in, putting yourself in that position to make it happen. And I think one of the reasons that I never really considered going to Israel before is because in my head, and I'm just thinking of this now, but it, it's making sense as you guys are talking. In my head, it was, well, you know, it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like a tour. It's like, okay, you're going to see these things. And I didn't think of Israel as a place that I could get off the beaten path because I'd only ever heard of, yeah, you're going to go to Jerusalem. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. And we like to get off the beaten path. And that's what I loved so much. And and no joke, one of my favorite travel experiences of all time in these last 10 days was that I could come, be basically unprepared, show up at the airport, meet you guys. And all of a sudden, I'm getting to do all these authentic things. But I'm not even having to put out the quote unquote effort that you usually do of saying, all right, I'm going to walk around the city. I hope I bump into someone. I hope something happens. I just had to show up. And you did. You gave us this authentic travel experience without us even having to go out and try to find
1: it ourselves. Um, Yeah, I think um, having that someone that comes from outside of the traveling or tourism business like we do. We are five years in this business. The company is five years old. I really hope that in 20 years we'll keep the authenticity by having these new people share and join our trips all the time and i mean i mean local israelis that are maybe students or are working at something that is a little bit boring and they need the time off so they join our trips and then their life are much more fun they get to drink wine with people from all around the world and they get to share their stories and i think that what makes our really authentic off the beaten track kind of a mixer because again we look all the time there is Masada, Dead Sea, Jerusalem like Guy said that are on on everybody's list for sure if they come for the first time but we have our own list living here for 30 years that I have to show you this amazing spring in the Golan Heights I have to show you this small farm in the Galilee I really have to show you this winery in the desert like how can you go back home without seeing and experiencing these things well I hope you'll change your mind a little bit and open it up and if you are really a traveler that is looking to be a part of a group because it's hard to travel alone but to feel very flexible and like local and not on a tour bus yeah that is the huge difference to me
0: and and you're talking about typical tours right and uh you know you have a bus driver or a van driver depending how big it is and maybe you have a tour guide or maybe the van driver is your tour guide Mm -hmm. and that's it Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, I, we don't do a lot with tours like that because we don't like it. But right. that's everyone's idea of a group tour is right. that kind of thing. And uh, I was so shocked. Well, A, when we got to the airport, Guy, the owner of the company, the founder, right, one of them is there. And all of a sudden, as you're talking about, we had, I, I'd have to count them up, seven or eight different people traveling with us throughout this whole trip. Yeah. You know, both of you came on the trip. Uh, we had Guy's girlfriend, right? We had Omer, who's the tour guide, his girlfriend. It's like every day there was a new person getting added on. It's a, it's a melting pot. Yeah, you it know. was amazing. For someone like me who wants to travel and become friends and, and host people to come to Philadelphia and then have friends when I come back, it really was, I mean, it was bliss. It was yeah. great. I didn't have to do anything. More people would get mm-hmm. on the bus. All of a sudden, I'd start talking to them, and there's a whole another person with a whole nother story. Exactly. Knows a whole another side of Israel has done different things and uh, different point of this view. This model
1: exists a little bit only in the very far east countries like Nepal. Israelis travel all through India and Nepal, and when you go on a trek, you have these porters who are in guides that guide you. Now it's not one guide and a driver; it's like a team of five of them. And we said, Israel is very similar to that. You have all these cultures, you have all these stories. There is the, uh, the difference of language. Once you get out of Jerusalem and Aviv, Hebrew is the speaking language. It's not, nobody speaks really English. And so you have that barrier that you want someone that understands what you want and can help you with that. And traveling as a group, once you are even a family of six, you add one Israeli to them with the guide with that it breaks the ice he is not a professional so-called he is someone there to ask all the right and wrong questions he's someone there for your kids to enjoy the fun time when the driver is or the the guide is talking about the history of masada and they excuse me for my language don't give a when masada fell they want to play with their iphones and how to (laughs) do this and where can we run and where can we hide and how can we this and like, what does this graffiti means? And they need someone that is not focused on giving them the history and what happened here at 50,000 years ago. And that's why we add these people. That's why we join every group we will meet. You mentioned us, meaning us. Every group that lands in Israel will meet me and Guy and our staff at some point along their trip. If they are here as a small group of five, they'll meet one or two, if there's a group of twenty, they'll meet four or five or six or more. Um, and of course, uh, how much time you spend in Israel is very important. I just want to
2: add that we're talking about uh, all the atmosphere that we create, but we didn't mention the fact that those people, the staff, is not just for the, fa- for the fun and for well, the new stories, it's another staff that is taking care of everything. And this is, I think that's the combination between authentic and high-end service, which we put a lot of effort to make sure that all our customers will have every, any everything they need in any time. They have someone to reach out any time of the day if they need from advice to medical, medical issue or something, they have someone to reach and the, the the group can continue because there is another staff member that can stay with the, the
0: with the specific client that needs the issue to figure out. One of the one of the best parts was that it was so hands on that it wasn't. Hey, I'm booking a tour, and okay, then I'm going to go and maybe I'll have contact with one person, one marketing person from that tour company, and then I'm on the tour, and then you know I do my tour, and it's over. It was constantly being around Puzzle Israel staff, and it seems weird to call. To even say staff because it doesn't like Friends. it's not staff it's yeah it's, it's the puzzle is real family like you you know there's always people around always helping out i mean going above and beyond yeah i wanted to go to a basketball game it wasn't like oh well travis wants to go to a basketball game like that's not on our itinerary it was immediately <laughs> get the let's let's get you a ticket going on the phone oh my brother-in-law has tickets this and that and then and then i'm at a basketball game so on the ground here it's amazing but you also do a really incredible job of being hands-on before the trip, and I think that then, kind of just facilitates the fact that it's going to be a good trip because before the trip, you I was shocked at the amount of like legwork and the amount of time you put in before the trip. To tell people a little bit about how the process goes when they say, "All right, puzzle Israel." Like I know I want to go to Israel, but I have no idea what I want on a trip, or I want I have thirty things that I want on a trip. What happens with the puzzle Israel experience? That's different from a typical trip.
1: So I think um, there are two kinds of travelers. There is like a little bit similar to you, Travis, that you'll maybe come with your girlfriend, wife, and you just want to do things on your own, rent a car, and, help, and we will facilitate your trip as two individuals. There are the families who are, it's a grandmother or a mom that is now planning their bar mitzvah to Israel, or their family vacation, because Israel can be a vacation destination. So they will reach out, and then we will ask as many questions as you'll let us ask, from what kind of hotels you want, what kind of car you want, who is the driving person, do you want to drive, do you want uh, someone to drive you, do you want VIP service at the airport, do you want to eat all day, do you want wineries? You you to eat all day like? no matter what. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> but what do you like to do? You like more history, less history, more arts, less arts and all these will come together for us as a client profile we build a profile we'll go and send you a few itineraries as an idea because we have clients that are a little bit similar to you and you can see what it feels like to see israel on paper with pictures and links to all your hotels and you can do your research with a lot of help now because you have all these this information from us as experts a little bit or guidelines of how we think your trip should be because if it's summertime you don't want to go south <laughs> if it's summertime you don't want to climb Masada at 12pm you want to do it sunrise maybe not, maybe not not even um, if it's winter you want to do more south more desert kind of things if you really like water we will take you snorkeling and you know, water skiing there is endless amount of options no trip looks exactly alike than the other and we are a team here of 10 Israelis. Every day we have new, th- new things to show you. We investigate, we go, we travel, we see, we ask, we Google, we find, <laughs> and we just have a bigger bank of ideas than most traveling companies. And I think that's what makes a big of a difference. And the best
0: way I can relate is, like imagine going into a Hilton, right? And that's your typical tour. And then this is like walking into a local guest house or a boutique hotel, where the owner or the owner's daughter or you know son or something like that is at the front desk and you know it's a family running it and that's the best way I can relate it for people who maybe aren't familiar with tours it's like great, a boutique great, tour company great
1: example and we yeah. can all agree that after we've been on a boutique hotel we would never go back to the what we thought is good and like what we thought was for us because we explored we had this experience of being posted And in a boutique hotel, not and as in Hilton, they will know you by name, they will ask you what you like to eat, this will what you have for breakfast, and that's what we're trying to build, we're actually building, and I I never joined a tour, and I hopefully will join a tour once Puzzle grows into other countries, and I can go and see a country this way in other places. Right. That's that's our goal for the next two or three years, to actually find more near-end guys in other places that have this dream of showing their own country to people their country is a great destination and has all the unique sites that you must see but it has also the beneath the surface kind of a country that you want to see and you want to go to and you have to have the local people showing you that part yeah the world needs a few more nearing guys right That's, <laughs> you, talk, you. You. you
0: talk a lot about the activities you know to me, the activities aren 't as important as, as like we said the people, and, and most people who travel a lot will come home and say it 's the people I met, but of course, like all the activities you do are how you bond with the people and meet the people, and you you do you have a huge bank of activities for people to do, so I just want you to touch a little bit on what those activities are, because again, for me, as most listeners know, I'm pretty naive when I travel the place. I don't do a lot of research, I show up, I figure it out, and that's great. We got to do some amazing off-the-beaten-path activities that that I would never have been able to find out on my own, Um, and I don't think many independent travelers to Israel would have been able to find unless they're here for months or they have a friend or something like that. Talk about some of the cool, unique activities that people can build into their itineraries, because I know you have a bunch, but hit on some of like your favorites or favorites that people go on back and said, yeah, this is a, these are the three that stick out in my head. Nir and I grew up
2: in the Galilee, in the lower part of the Galilee, which is considered the area called Misgav. About 35 villages, 25 minutes north to Nazareth, about half an hour south to Sfat, the second religious city in Israel. About half an hour, 45 minutes from Haifa, and about an hour and something from Tel Aviv.
0: If you've it's, never been to Israel, everything's very close, as I learned when I got here. Yeah. Anyway, it's
2: not, a, it's not an area that tourists go through. It's not a place Jesus won't, wasn't there. There is no religious Jewish sites. First, I came to Tel Aviv, it was seven years ago, uh, to try and, uh, you know, the, the, try the city life. I realized that there is a lot of tourists in Israel um, and after Nir and I joined together and we've been researched a lot where the tourist goes and what they are looking for and um what, sh- what can be different and cool to see first thing that came up was to take them to our backyard which is Misgav uh, and from that I, I think we de- we developed the, uh, the ideology, ideology to find the places uh that we consider periphery but it's just the places that less travel it's the places that the locals uh, and just live live day by day and uh, they do their own their, their own stuff during the years we found and we still find places that sometimes we need to to, to you know to declare to the to the to the person there hey we we want to bring some friends here we want to bring tourists and groups to this beautiful spot would you like to invite them would you like to to host them uh sometimes the answer is no i don't want i don't want to go there i don't need tourists here thank you and sometimes we get the answer yeah well let's try and so, so sometimes we develop from scratch um uh, activity
1: uh, we create the wheel we in- find the artists that is maybe selling online, it's maybe sold a few pieces through his uh, connections in Israel, and we will bring our travelers to see how you build a mezuzah out of stone on the Golan Heights, how you can create leather arts in a horse ranch uh, in the south part of, uh, of the Golan, and maybe how you can bike around the desert and navigate between uh, viewpoints, because without a bike you can't reach them, and uh, with a bike, you won't really know where you're going unless I give you a map. So we'll give you a map, we'll show you the way, and we'll send you. Go on your own and find your way using these clues, and you'll get to these amazing spots. The Bedouin experience became something so touristic. and There are tourist, like Bedouin villages There are businesses. It's like the whole business is come, see a Bedouin, meet him, make coffee together, and go. It's like, a, it's like a Disney World like type Disney experience. World it's like a. Not fake, Bedouins. but. Oh, a little bit fake. It's very commercial, it's yeah. It's very commercial. So we said no more. We said we will go and find a real Bedouin or a few of them so we can share our groups on a real Bedouin family that just wants to make a little bit more income because they live in a tent in the middle of nowhere and we'll pay them for dinner and then we'll host you for like a restaurant. But. You will ask them questions, we will translate, you will eat the food that they eat as a Bedouin family, we'll probably eat it on the floor, we'll probably make uh, the the bread in the fire, and at the end we'll have Bedouin coffee. But because you drink coffee at the end of the dinner, not because they need to make it for you, because you're a, a tourist. And I think that is a very good example. Visiting a kibbutz in Israel. There was a tradition of going on a tractor, through the fields, that was the, the kibbutz experience. Not too many kibbutzim have survived in the past 20 years in Israel. Um, so we'll take you to a kibbutz that is not a kibbutz anymore. But they developed and they built this amazing community of people with special needs and people that don't have any special needs. And together, they live together as a kibbutz. They are supporting each other. They are a community. They are an organic community, which is one of the rare organic communities in Israel. You'll meet them, you'll talk to them, you'll ask questions, you'll maybe help because you'll buy something at the store of the people with special needs that make ceramics. And at the end of the day, we'll pick up our organic vegetables and cook lunch together in the fields of the kibbutz. So I'm sure you remember this uh, yeah. One it, of your best lunches in Israel.
0: For sure. And I'm gonna be talking guys on another podcast about my all my experience and everything that I did and everything I loved on another one, because I know we wouldn't get it to it on this one. Uh, I want these guys to keep to it, So you could you'll listen to that on a on a different podcast. But one of the things that really you know shocked me again, not not just the staff, and again, it's a weird word, the family. Let's say the family, not just the family of puzzles you're on how. Um, nice and, and inclusive and, and great everyone was but also then as you mentioned the people that you would meet at the activities like Elon, uh up in um, yeah let's let, I, let's, the let's take
2: Kamla the, the Arabic chef that we met in Deer El Asad which is far away it's not a place that Israelis go to but Kamla and Majid are a friend of us because we've been doing business together in the past 4 years she is an Arabic chef and she has her own kitchen that two years ago switched to a kosher kitchen in the middle of the Ara- in the middle of Arab village. Arab village.
0: Yeah, that, not something that's very common. That in not, case anyone's wondering. Not common and And one of the reasons that I was so interested on going this trip from the very beginning was when I heard, oh, there's two chefs who started a travel company and they like to feed you a lot. Some yeah. really good meals as you travel. And I thought, wow, this is basically so, my perfect life right here.
2: Yeah, the story of, uh, the, story of the beginning of Puzzle. So we thought a lot, what is our skills? What we're good at? Like, and we both came from the culinary um, world. Uh, we ran a co- uh, catering company for a few years before that. And we said, okay, let's bring the food to the world. So we flew to the States, and uh, if you want to uh, maybe share the story about that, it was, a, it was pretty unique. We moved from university to college uh, for the first time, cooked and taught how to make shakshuka students. Free evening, free night, just to engage and uh, to hang out with two Israeli chefs. And in the end of every event, we told them about the opportunity of traveling with us here in Israel. From there, it became to be a.
1: We created a, an amazing wheel of food that travels the world, bringing Israel to the, to the people. You know, a taste of Israel, you come, we come. You open your home or your university or your synagogue, and we come uh, from Israel. We buy some local organic food wherever you are, and we you invite your friends, and then we cook dinner together, and then that food that you eat, and it it sinks in. You get to know us. We laugh a little. We drink some wine. If you know someone going to Israel, you'll pass the word. If you're coming anywhere in the next two years, you'll come with us. Now, once you come, of course, the the culinary will surround you. You, Israel is...
0: I've never eaten
1: so much in the last 10 days. I've gained like 5 kilos from traveling with you guys (laughs) because... You know, traveling anywhere is three meals a day. If the food is good, it's a culinary experience. If the food is bad, it's something you won't remember. So, when you travel Italy, you'll come back home and say, oh, the pizza was amazing, the pasta was great. If you traveled somewhere else, it's always around something around the food that we remember. Now, traveling to Israel was falafel and hummus and tahini for years. The culinary scene have boomed from market restaurants so you'll go through a market and you have these amazing pop-up restaurants that will cook food straight from the market and small farms in the middle of nowhere in the desert that will host you because they grow their 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 sheeps and uh, and goats and they make these cheeses and amazing wine and you have to try them so it will just follow you it's not a heavy culinary experience it's just a fun flowing you wake up in the morning, you have a great breakfast, because Israel breakfast, I think, is one of the best ones. You'll do something for a few hours, you'll get hungry again, we'll go, we'll find a small spot, we'll have some lunch, and maybe evening we'll cook together or our, our dinner together, because we have a portable kitchen, and we can actually do it.
0: Yeah, that's one of the unique things about Puzzle Israel, is that on a lot of these trips that we were going on, you know, we'd go out to these more remote areas, mm-hmm. and you guys would bring the, yeah. you know, you had some staff, and you had the, a food, yeah, a cooking truck, and we would cook. Well, sometimes we would help cook. Mm-hmm. If we didn't want the food to taste that good, I'd help cook. <laughs> if, if we wanted to taste really good, these guys and the staff would cook, and um, and we'd be eating meals in the middle of an abandoned Around Syrian town yeah. on the uh, That's a secret on, spot. On the border, like yeah. That. Well, that's a secret spot, guys. you have to ask for the <laughs> VIP treatment. Or down in the desert, or anything, like like out under the stars, we'd have dinner in the desert, and... Food is one of the reasons that a lot of people do travel. But you don't usually get those type of experiences because who's going to go out and cook in the middle of a desert, you know, or when you're on vacation? But if you have this traveling kitchen with you, mm-hmm. you're able to do a lot of really
1: neat things. Yeah, and in some way, unfortunately, if you'll travel to Mitzperamon, which is the middle of the desert, you can find maybe a bar that is opened after 7. And your food will be hotel cooking and hotel food which between us it's not the best in the world and to have some a chef come and cook for you just for your small group of 10 or 15 people is something a little bit more unique and a little bit more uh quality controlled so we know what you were serving we are aiming high we're aiming five stars we're aiming to give you the best of the best of israel Now, it depends on you. If you do want to eat something special, simple and save on costs, that's totally on you. It's not a must. We just, if you want with us, you can experience the whole thing. And it's not more expensive. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. It's just a little bit of letting go of what you thought a tour has to look like. And yes, there will be things that you haven't heard of in the world. And you probably won't Google them and find them because they just don't exist online. But you have to trust the people that you are going to this country with. They are local. They are doing their job. This is their dream of sharing their the real country with you. Speaking about the food, we were able to get into some
0: restaurants that... You know, we wouldn't have been able to get into on our own a restaurant that, that you used to work at mm-hmm. that we ate at in um, In the Machnehuda market.
1: market. Yeah, yeah market, you will probably need to book your seat at least a month in advance. You probably won't succeed because it's only in Hebrew, it's very hard <laughs> to do. Uh, like most restaurants, they, they're not uh, equipped and not, not, they're not used to talking to people from a different country maybe the concierge can try and help you but it's probably too late if you're already here so and again you didn't just had to eat there had the experience of eating there you had the chef of the place meet you and and host you and drink with you and raise some shots with you because that's (laughs) what we're looking for when we go and, and eat so yeah talk
0: about vip treatment we're sitting there people are looking like who who are these people how did they get in Mm -hmm. i was there a group of whatever it was 14 or 15 people in there having fun drinking with the chef like you know you feel like a rock star because (laughs) it's it it, how can that happen unless you know someone who knows someone and that's the beauty of traveling like a local with locals because i would never be able to have that experience on my own Mm -hmm. unless it was like you know, the 1% chance that I ran into you at a bar, we talked and you said, oh, I'm going to take you here. Something crazy happened.
1: But it's just, it's near impossible. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that's is going to happen in three weeks when we come to Philly. That's right. And you're hosting <laughs> us and you know some people and you'll get us in. And again, maybe you'll create your puzzle Philly.
0: Yeah, and that, I think that's the beauty of the whole model and the whole philosophy that you have is that so many people want to travel local, local. Everyone listening has always said to us like i want to be authentic i want to travel like a local that's why they listen to this podcast and you've created a way to do it that just didn't really exist it certainly didn't exist in israel and as you said there are a few other countries where maybe there's someone out there doing it and then you're going to try to connect it and make it into this what what we would call i guess a movement right or just flipping the travel tourism industry kind of on its head a little bit
1: yeah it's a mixture between slow travel slow eat slow food and all that taking it easy a little bit and not marking uh, five five spots on your list of things, but letting yourself, you know, you, you need a plan because you need this booked and this entrance has to be at a certain time and you do want to sleep and have a room, the best room in this hotel. But in between, you can leave some uh, flexibility for things to pop up where they're not expected, they're not planned by you, that maybe are planned by us because we know we want to put them there oh, but sometimes and, uh, you get
2: tired and sometimes you, you want lazy morning you want to start a bit late because you have a beautiful night yesterday and you ate so much and you drank so much and you want to start a, a bit a bit later so no, this is not. the flexibility that we keep I think uh, give, the, give the people the calm the relaxation of being under someone that they trust on
0: that can only happen, too, when you're with a boutique company, exactly. whether it's a boutique hotel, as we talked about, or a boutique tour company, because the flexibility isn't built in when you're with 40 people Your and you're on a tour bus and you're It's our boom, job boom, boom, in some
2: way. Your vacation. It's our job. We go, we understand that you need a lazy morning tomorrow. We will go and run during the nights and do all that stuff to, to let you rest in the morning and have
0: a bit fun uh, day in the... The next day, yeah, Yeah, I couldn't understand what they were saying all the time in Hebrew, but it was constantly put like, move this back 15 minutes or 20 (laughs) minutes or 30 because you know, we'd get behind schedule or we'd be ahead of schedule and this and that. Exactly. Again, it it never felt like we had to rush around. It was always like, what does the group want to do? What does everyone want to do? How are you feeling? Okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And uh, yeah, talk about stress free as someone who always has to plan their own travel. I just got to sit back and ask about a thousand questions every day to these guys and it was awesome
1: yeah, so there's no right or wrong keep on a uh, question asking any question
0: yeah and one thing so as someone who again was not familiar with israel that much before i came i my idea of israel is okay i knew the biblical history i i knew what i saw in the media things like that and you know for me i got a lot of i was not worried at all coming but i got a lot of people saying like aren't you worried about going to israel aren't you You know, isn't it going to be dangerous there? This and that. And, you know, what would you say to that? Because obviously I've been here 10 days. I've never, I mean, I haven't felt the least bit worried about anything. But there is a perception, especially for American clients and people who are interested, who might say like, well, what about safety when
1: I come to Israel? Stop watching CNN and Fox News. Um, It's like the worst image of Israel in the world. Let's go back to why it is like this Tel Aviv and Jerusalem are the best cities For reporters to live in Because the weather is the best And it's just so interesting And you always have something to write on So they have a reason to live here And they have a reason to write about this To stay here So it's like the chicken and the egg It never ends They will continue to write on this nonsense Because it's just interesting to the world And people will have this perception Of Israel is so dangerous Israel is not dangerous Israel is maybe dangerous exactly like New York or Boston or Chicago If not, less I won't take you to the neighborhoods who are not safe in Israel Like you won't take me to the neighborhoods not safe in Brooklyn, New York or Chicago I've been to Chicago for a week and I heard more stabbing, shooting (laughs) and gun points Than I ever heard in Israel in my whole life So it's all about perspective Now, yes, Israel has its own issues, but in some way because we are much more alert so you'll have, you'll see a little more policemen you'll see more uh, um, army soldiers standing around where there is a little bit more tension because we have this issue of two groups of people wanting to live on the same land, disagreeing over faith and history and it's a never ending argument, who was here first and who was here last and who is to blame and and it, it all comes into politicians and higher discussions that the normal people who live in Tel Aviv and want to drink their coffee and want to go to the beach and want to go to the market of Jerusalem, just want to live their lives and you will come and we will show you how open it is and how the discussion is okay and you can have your your mindset on something, and I hope to just open your mind to other things. And I had my mindset on some things, and it changed through the last three years, five times. (laughs) And I I really like, you'll meet, uh, we visited uh, an Arab and Jewish school, mixed school, called Yad Bayad. And even for me, being there the fifth time, got me thinking a little bit different. How I get more open to the, the, even an idea. I have a daughter now, I want her to go to a kindergarten that is mixed. Why? Just because it's more normal. It makes more sense to, from the very beginning, just be friends and not be enemies. They are Arabs. We are Jews. What, are, what do I care? Right. Um, we can both live here. And actually, Jerusalem, which with all the conflict, Jerusalem is actually the fact that it, it can actually happen. Because people live there for years. And you have Christians and Muslims and Arabs and, and the Jews all living in this circle surrounded by walls and they're not fighting all day. There are no wars in between the old city of Jerusalem. Um, Everyone lives together. The Jewish woman buys hummus in the Arab uh, quarter and the opposite goes around.
0: It was just eye-opening in every possible way to sit here and to see the people and to hang out with them and to meet a lot of people I never would have met had I not been with you, but even just walking around the cities and saying, oh, this is Israel, like, this this is it, this isn't what I thought, that's why we travel, to really get our own exposure to a place, but somewhere like this, it's even more magnified because you you hear so much about it all the time.
1: It's Um, such a small country, people in India think uh, the U.S. and Israel are the same size, just because (laughs) the amount of Israelis they meet and because of the amount of how much they hear about Israel. It's such a huge country of six million people. Right. So uh, That you
0: can drive across in seven hours. Yes, exactly. I want to touch a little bit on your two travel experiences, because as you mentioned, Israelis travel a lot and typically after their military service, you know, you're 21, 22, you go off and to have some really amazing travel experiences that I think for a lot of other cultures it's a gap year, something before high school or, or after high school or before college. Things like that but both of you have had some travel experiences yeah. and I have to ask the question because we always ask the question of everyone what are some of your biggest travel mishaps what's something that happened to you looking back on it's funny maybe it was funny at the time maybe it was not so funny at the time well what's an experience that you've had in your travels
2: I traveled in my uh, big trip after the army to the forest in New Zealand and I finished the journey in Mongolia it's not an easy destination to travel at I bought three horses and some uh, sack with rice and uh, dry meat and a map and I went with a very good friend of mine to uh, cross uh, the open land in Mongolia so you you take the map okay, in advance and you need to analyze and you build a trail, you build a strip we couldn't find we couldn't find an English map we couldn't find a map that the villages along the way are in English the only one we could find was a map that two centimeter I don't know how to like almost two inches yeah one inch inch. one one inch. inch on the map is
0: almost eight miles Right. So it was Something super like zoomed out. Super it had no out, yeah. wasn't specific. Yeah, you couldn't really tell extremely, what was happening.
2: Extremely hard to navigate. And we knew that there is a there is a, a place that we we need to cross and on the map you see just huge forests. So you see the village before and you see the village after the forest, but you don't really know how you're going to cross it because <laughs> it's a huge it's like about 20 miles, 20-25 <laughs> miles. So it's about 2 days of riding. After a day and a half of riding in the forest, which is extremely hard to navigate in the forest, we met a real soldier with a gun on a horse, doesn't speak English. We couldn't understand what we done, what we did, where are we? After I think 12 hours of trying with hands and we paint like on the floor where we started where is that where is the end he took us to it he took us to a bay, army base we understood that we crossed the line we were too close to the russian border so we've been arrested for half day and we've been judged for crossing a military zone without a special per, uh, permission and after maybe 10 hours they they released us. They let us go. Uh, we paid fine about 300 bucks, which is for us was nothing. For them, it was yeah a year's salary or year, two years year salary. salary. Yeah, and then uh, we continue, and uh, we were so happy. They re- they wrote in uh, Mongolian language a letter for us. If some soldier is gonna meet us along the way. Uh,
0: so you don't have to get jailed again in a Mongolian prison, right? Exactly. So said the letter. Don't put him in jail again. He's already been in jail in a Mongolian prison. Exactly. He's okay. Well, that not many people have been able to say that they spent 10 hours in a Mongolian jail. So <laughs> I guess the trip was all worth it then.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I will keep my experience local, actually. I, in the beginning of the com- this company... I was living in the north, which is about two hours from Tel Aviv. And as a backpacker, I was traveling the whole time. I had this blue bag that everyone, every coffee shop in Tel Aviv knew about. And every restaurant knew about. And Guy definitely knew about it. And I was just um, couch surfing. Whoever was uh, open to host me, hosted me around Tel Aviv. And one night I got to this uh, host and we went out together to a party. I don't even remember if it's a he or she. I think it's a he. He just disappeared with the girl, and it was 2 a.m. and I'm in the middle of Tel Aviv, and I have no place to stay, and my and there are no trains, no buses, no nothing. So at 3 a.m. I found myself a bed on the beach with a, a bunch of uh, people with uh, homeless people, and went to sleep. And it was 3 a.m. and I woke up at 7 when they opened the bunks of uh, beds for people to lay on and uh, the noise woke me up. And it was the best morning in the world because I was on the beach, went for a run, ate my breakfast, uh, showered at the beach uh, showers and started the day all fresh. And I said, well, I can do this a few times a week. Save on cost, <laughs> save on travel. Being homeless for uh, one day. Being uh, homeless is not that bad in Tel Aviv actually. So if in any point you reach out to Tel Aviv and you're stuck without a place to sleep, just remember on the beach, there are always people 24-7 and there are always couches that you can just lay your head and just uh, maybe hug your bag so nobody take it. But in the morning the sun will rise and the beautiful beach will just uh, be with you and you'll find your fresh orange juice next by and just uh, start your day fresh. Don't worry about it. If
0: I miss my flight tonight, I know where I'm going, (laughs) the beach in Tel Aviv. And that is a beautiful beach. As someone who just came about an hour and a half ago from the beach to record this podcast with you guys, I can attest to the fact that it's it's absolutely amazing. So if you come to Israel and you hang out with Puzzle Israel, you'll be with a homeless guy and a Mongolian convict, right? (laughs) So I just want you guys to remind people one more time, where they can come find out about puzzle israel like if if someone says all right listen i'm gonna come to israel or or, you know i'm thinking about coming to israel it sounds fantastic but i really want that authentic local experience i don't want to come as an independent traveler because it's going to be kind of hard to navigate and get that experience i definitely don't want to come on a big bus tour type thing
1: how can they come find out about puzzle israel and everything you guys do so of course the website puzzleisrael.com will give you a lot of information i think um a taste of what we do or a vision of how it looks. If you go on YouTube, click Puzzle Israel, we have a whole channel with at least 10 videos that both together in about half an hour of all the videos together, you'll get a very good sense of how our trips looks like, how we look, because we are all, most of them. Um, And we do all sorts of uh, yoga trips, cycling tours, culinary trips, and family, active family trips that you can actually join. more specific to the Holy Land and Christian sites um, Mosaic Tour that has all the cultures from Muslim Christian and Jewish if you are looking into something specific let us know and we'll build it for you yeah. um, we do have a calendar with trips that just go and you can join something if you're an individual or we can tailor whatever you want if you're a group of friends I will recommend trying to put it together from 4, 6, or 10 people that's a better number Um, as of course as you go bigger prices drop Um, the difference can be huge Uh, 12 to 16 people group will be our best kind of a, a size and and i think after you'll be on a size of a group like that you'll understand why because there is a sense of a of a group and friendship and you can find the better people you connect with and the least you don't have to be with them all the all the time and, and prices are much more decent, and it's not a bus tour. You're not schlepping around with 40 people on your back. You're schlepping around, or you're you're traveling around, and just jumping from one place to another, where it's more flexible. Every restaurant can host you in a group of 15 people. Uh, every home can host you. Almost every accommodation can host you. So it's a good size. We try and keep it small and intimate, and I think we're doing a pretty good job. So just a cup. Come on and give us a call. They also can find us on the, in the States.
2: We have an office in Chicago. We, yeah, have rep- we have a representative, a partner, a part of the company. Her name is Deb Zaluda. The phone is under the site, so it's easy to reach her. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I highly recommend because these guys travel quite often to the States to, to do different taste of visual things where, and building out stuff where you come into to homes and, and work with people to show what they do. So if you're interested in that as well, best way for people to get a hold of you and say hey if you're coming to my town or near my town i'd love to meet you guys would it just be to go to puzzleisrael.com and and send an email exactly yeah there is the
1: israeli kitchen encounters that's the name of the product that when we go to the u.s you can find it on facebook as well Um, but just email us it's so easy we are very very out there like uh, easy to reach out to so
0: yeah and we will link all that up in the show notes guys so if you want to get the notes of everything we talked about, you know, puzzleisrael.com is the best place to go. But We'll link up everything that we talked about there in the show notes.
1: You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. One last thing. If you are coming, remember to mention you came through, Travis. We'll give you an extra <laughs> VIP treatment. Um, so, yeah don't forget to mention that
0: the the one time that it helps to know me right is exactly. if you come through Israel. yeah so <laughs> if you guys look at puzzleyoga.com you find something you like what is so awesome about the experience as we've touched on and I, and I hope this has become very apparent is that it is tailor made to what you want to do if you want to do more yoga you can do more yoga if you want to do road cycling you can do road cycling if you want to eat more which is pretty impossible, but if you want to you know, eat at really nice, fancy places, they can do that or you can eat out in the desert. It, the, the amount of service that is given and the amount of time that both Near Guy, and the whole Puzzle Israel family puts in to these trips is incredible. So that before you come, they know exactly what you like and they're gonna build the best experience for you. So puzzleisrael.com, I cannot highly recommend it enough. Mention you came um, through me, yeah, these guys will treat you. Maybe they'll take you to uh, that special little bar that we went to um, that near used to work at, so uh, the, the restaurant there. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Don't forget, you can get all the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Also, don't forget to sponsor today's show. If you guys are looking for a good travel backpack, you can go to tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That'll get you 10% off your entire order there if you want to get a good travel backpack. And guys... Our time is coming to an end after 10 Yay. days together. This is it. I want to say personally thank you so much for showing me my, around Israel, really opening my eyes to a place that I, I didn't know about and, uh, and just showing me the beauty of this country that's a thousand layers deep and I feel like I could scratch off the surface much quicker getting to know you and getting to know Puzzle Israel team than I could if I just came here as someone. Um, Alone. So, thank you for showing me around personally and thank you for taking the time to come on the show today.
1: Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. See
0: you in Israel again uh, in a few months. And
2: in Philly in about a week and a half. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And these guys will probably be coming through a town near you in America if that's where you are. At some point, we'll talk them into a little world tour. Oh, yeah. Um, So, thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels.